0: I'm Janice the sapigal And I'm Paola Rodellis. And this is... Can I Nice well, Astrology!
1: H- two Pinais, one podcast by pop Poems, Pop Culture, and the Planets.
0: And the Planets.
1: <laughs> hi Janice,
0: I'm so glad we're recording again, like we're starting season two. Yes! Hi Pal, and hi everyone listening Um, I'm super excited but also it just kind of feels like a continuation of the stuff that we've been doing so I'm excited.
1: (laughs) We took like a two week break and like that's it.
0: It really felt like a month though, like considering everything that's happened since then.
1: (laughs) Yes, I mean, yeah. it's 2021 now happy new year and um yeah it's been totally boring so far right it's like (laughs) nothing's happened so far in these first 10 days of 2021
0: i've been able to live my life as planned
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: yes like we the coup kind of happened in the united states yes you know i never fucking thought i would live to see one happen where i live you know what i mean and and for it to be so broadcasted and public and happening almost like um, like a fucking movie, you know? Like they go in, they do their thing and then they get to leave. Like that was so fucking weird and wild to see um, amongst all of the other things, right? Like seeing it in like a super racist context and thinking about how far removed, but how close I am to understanding what's going on. like. Last Wednesday, January 6th was quite the fucking day. Um, what, what was that like for you, pal? Um, it was, yeah, it it was, it was quite the day.
1: Like, I saw the news kind of coming in, and I'm pretty good about, like, not getting emotionally overwhelmed by world news these days. Like, Mm -hmm. not because I'm numb but I I, you know I've just had to kind of learn like not to like er emotionally react too much or devote too much energy into it because it's like this is just the nature of my job too like I kind of have to deal with this stuff all the time and it's just like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um but anyway like but even despite that like I felt myself just being getting so engrossed in the news because it was just so hard to avoid and it really is it's like oh shit this is like a big fucking deal like it's like you said it's like who can see like a coup happen like Mm -hmm. in their lifetimes it um it reminded me, like seeing all the footage and stuff and like just seeing how like hyper broadcasted it was reminded me a lot of this documentary I saw many years ago about a coup, an unsuccessful coup that was staged against Hugo Chavez, who you know was president of Venezuela. And mm-hmm. what had happened in this scenario is this, is this is this was in the 90s, right or maybe there was the early 2000s. And so this is before like, smartphones but there just happened to be like an Irish documentary team that just happened to be in Venezuela in the Mm -hmm. capital already doing a documentary on Chavez when the coup happened like they were just there at the right place in the right time and so they were getting all this footage of it and so um, it kind of the documentary kind of reminded me of just like what was like just happening and stuff Um, because again it was like in that particular particular case it was like a right-wing coup Against this socialist president, president and his administration, right? And it was unsuccessful. Um, only lasted like forty eight hours until like Chavez and his administration were able to get power back and stuff. There was violence. There were people who like died on mm-hmm. the streets because there were like counter protests that were like coming out outside out of the coup. But um, but yeah, like other than that, never experienced watching a coup before, and then to have it be like you're the country that you know. Well, I live in, like, the occupied, illegally occupied kingdom of Hawaii, but, um, but even still, like, to just, like, have it be, like, my country of citizenship, was kind of a trip.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like, I just couldn't help but think about, well, one, like, I'm glad that you referenced the documentary, too, because I just keep thinking about how this is the U.S.'s history, particularly with Latin America. Um, Pal, do you remember in college when we took that anti-slavery, anti-prison literature class? It's still one of the best. I I still think it's one of the best (laughs) classes I took in college. Yes, same, like, same, fucking same. Like, and I could tell that everyone in my class was having their own moment with, like, abolition, was having their own, like, internal journey with understanding how, like, these narratives really are the foundation of, like, incarceration, of capitalism in the United States. And just kind of like our own compliance or like complicit nature, not because we have like willingly said yes to these things, but we've inherited that kind of system. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it was eye-opening because like definitely the literature, um, the professor who taught it, (laughs) right? Uh, Professor Dennis Childs at UC San Diego was just such a fucking compelling speaker. Um, Do you remember that? And the way that he began class one day, it was like, we were having a conversation just like during the break before class. And then as people started to come in, they started talking about like how the readings were so wild and we so like, um, like, we, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, we, we can't believe this happened in the United States. And he was uh, going, he was like really describing um, the history of coups in um, Latin America. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm, he was talking about Nicaragua? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck, like, this man is just talking, you know? We haven't even gone to the class yet, but all of this context is the subtext for what we're reading in the book, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm so glad you brought that class up again because um, one thing that was like, th- that was nice for me that day that the coup had happened was there just coincidentally happened to be a vigil that was being held mm-hmm. right in front of one of the correctional facilities here um, to mm-hmm. just kind of honor and remember the prisoners um, in Hawaii and yeah like a lot of people don't realize like Hawaii has really like has such high rates of incarceration and we're in like an island nation right that we have to send prisoners to Arizona because our prisons don't have space here and Mm -hmm. so anyway so like yeah this vigil is to honor and remember prisoners both here in Hawaii as well as like folks from Hawaii who are imprisoned in Arizona who've either caught COVID or have passed away from COVID and so it was like really kind of nice to like okay all this like really awful stuff was happening on the news and seeing this coup happen was just like really overwhelming but to then also just like then be in community like with about like 30 people just like kind of like um remembering these folks and just kind of bring it back again to this issue of just like, um, it's Mm -hmm. all the same, like whether you're talking about abolition, they're all just part of this like, you know, it's the intersectionalities, right? like this is Mm -hmm. like, it's all just part of this is like a really fucked up like American imperialism.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally, like I've been seeing too, a lot of um, poets and activists who have been uh, leading the like the freedom all movement. Um, I'm thinking a lot about Bay Area poets who have been working with, Uh, people at San Quentin prison and how a lot of them, one, like already don't have a lot of access to medical care, right? And so for COVID to happen and to be brought in essentially um, by a lot of the the guards or a lot of the police officers who work there, right? Like that kind of care almost becomes eradicated or impossible, you know? Um, And so I guess I'm just kind of like, I'm really glad that you mentioned that too. Damn, this shit is connected. (laughs) It really is. Like, it really is.
1: And it's like, it's messed up because I don't know what it's like in the Bay Area, but you know, like, like a lot of different like kind of cities and counties, we like here in Honolulu have like a tier system now. And um the way it works is like, you know, you could either go up a, like a tier that's like a little less locked down, or you can go back to a much more locked down tier if the average like daily cases like um kind of goes up or down and there's like certain parameters, right? Well, like the day after Christmas here, like I learned that Honolulu started to remove prisoners from their daily count, obviously as a way to lower the count so that they can just like keep businesses open and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like so fucked up because it's just like yet another way to like not count prisoners as people and it's just Mm -hmm. like yet another way to just like have like this capitalism just fucking run everything here and stuff right or it's just like Mm -hmm. oh my god they're still members of the population they're still like they're still (laughs) members of our community just because Mm -hmm. we don't see them and they can't like leave these prisons doesn't mean like we should we should absolutely still be counting them in our covid counts
0: yeah totally oh my god and then like at the same time like when I think about the coup like I wonder too how many incarcerated people are hearing about the shit like these white supremacists storming the Capitol, and seeing the ways that the one like freedom is imbalanced and determined by white people and whiteness and white, um I don't know white supremacy right um I have I'm really learning also a lot on Twitter from people who are just like you know don't use these words use these words and I'm really learning a lot about like, why not to say terrorism? Why not, like, why not to just say um, white privilege? Like those are just not the fucking same thing. Um, and it, it's really, I love it of course, as a writer, cause I'm like, yeah, use exact language, you know, use things that um, you say things that you actually believe. Um, so anyway, I'm kind of, my mind is just kind of like going everywhere right now, but yeah, um, like, I, I don't know, I just, to think about how, people who are incarcerated are seeing this news and um a lot of them are incarcerated and in jail for reasons that mm-hmm. don't I don't want to say that like you know like crimes need to be like judged or measured but in some ways in the system they are you know like I guess it's just like I can't believe that a lot of those people who stormed the Capitol have not yet been arrested some of mm-hmm. them have right mm-hmm. um and, like Spectacular news, like it's sort of been um uh it's, it's it's on the press like who is being arrested and who's not, who can't yeah. move around. Like it's really fucking crazy to me that there are people who are just being arrested now and that there hasn't been a press release or there hasn't been like um, a media coverage or some kind of conference to explain what the fuck happened, you know? Yeah. I'm bored yeah. that. Yeah.
1: That is such a fucking good point. Like there is still a lot to process and I think like we're only seeing the beginning of this which kind of like you know it's like kind of like oh that's that's a lot to even think about too right because like inauguration day is like 10 days away now it's like oh my god but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know this is an astrology podcast so of course like I want to mention the astrology of all of this too like on the 6th when the coup started, like, Mars was still in Aries, it was, like, in the final degrees of Aries, and it really fucking, like, left with a bang, like, this (laughs) is, um, and then it moved into Taurus, and I, I'd been talking on the podcast, like, about, like, what to expect with Mars moving into Taurus, that this first couple of months in 2021, like, I know people have a lot of high hopes, but I already was, like, no, it's, it's gonna still be, like, really, really fucking messy, and a lot of it's because, like, we're starting to see it now, like, in January, but we'll see the full completion of it in early February, but, like, all, almost all of the planets are now moving into Aquarius, Mm -hmm. except Mars and Taurus, and Aquarius and Taurus, like, square one another, and so you've got all these, like, like, Aquarius placements, including Saturn, like, now squaring this Mars, right, and it's interesting that we talk too about like prisoners because Saturn like can signify like prisoners and prisons Mm -hmm. um it is the planet that kind of signifies that and and then Mars is like absolutely like can be like protesters right like these fucking folks like trying to do a coup like Mars is absolutely the planet that's gonna cover like a coup and Mm -hmm. so um It's, and then I think one of the kind of, um, so Uranus is still in Taurus. And so that Mars is eventually gonna conjoin a Uranus and Mars and Uranus together is gonna be like, it's just screams like instability and like unexpected actions and turns. And so, um, and I think that like aspect is gonna go, let me see real quick. Um, Yeah, oh yeah. On the day of inauguration, like Mars is gonna be like exactly conjoined to Uranus. (laughs) <laughs> so we'll fucking see what happens
0: Wow. Holy but there's shit. a lot of
1: questions too right On just like okay now that the coup has happened right like what what's next like there's been talks about doing the 25th amendment on trump there's been like talks about like impeachment like and impeaching him um he's already conceded he's conceded which is like good but um but yeah, like, I, I, I'm like a little bit like, you know, cynical with the democratic party and whether they're actually okay. going to move forward with things, mm-hmm. but I hope that they move forward with, um, one of the two options. Like if they, if, you know, he, like, you know, a lot of the Republicans and people in general are saying like, well, what's, well, come on. He only has like 10 days left in office, but if we impeach Trump, then like, if he successfully gets impeached, then he's not going to have like a lot of just the same kind of privileges that other presidents will have after he's done with his presidency. Like he won't have mm-hmm. the security detail. Like he won't have like the pension. Like he won't have like a lot of these things. And yeah, um, I'm down for that.
0: Yeah, totally. I I was thinking about this. He also won't get to like travel on the US government's dime either. Uh, but when I read that he would lose his FBI or security, so you know, uh, his, his detail, I was like, good like (laughs) i was like i i do wonder too if those people um enjoy um protecting him but anyway that's like another thing i guess i was gonna say um something about that too pal um like i think when the coup happened i guess i just want to think too i know you mentioned like feeling numb like hella felt that too you know um and then like later that day and and even the next day, I could tell that even though like mentally I was really numb to what was happening, my body was like, oh, like we just kind of survived something, you know, or even all of the images that I'm seeing almost kind of like, I don't know how to say it. Like they just kind of like penetrate my mentality and they just kind of mm. stay with me for a while, you know, and the way that I was processing it was like, sleeping a lot it was like texting people I remember I texted you and I was like oh my god is this Mars from Aries and Taurus and you were like yeah right what did what did you say you said it was like right as um they started breaking up uh their protest yeah yeah yep I was just like that's so I hope I don't know I was just like well you can like see the transit that's just really fucking crazy to me but yeah like I guess as people start to process and think about what happened last Wednesday, I hope people can think about like, where in their body did they kind of store this knowledge or this realization about how um, we are impacted, you know, like, where does it, where does it live for you? How do you let it go? Um, I think that's really important to process. So I just want to like, share that for folks who are listening and still kind of trying to understand, like, there's so much we don't understand right now, you know? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I just feel like, ooh, I was listening to, um, I listened to the Leo Today short, very short podcast on Spotify. <laughs> I've heard
1: that one before. It's been a while <laughs> since I've listened to it, yeah.
0: Uh, I really like it. And it said at the end of it for today, uh, for Leo's, so but maybe that's the place to too, pal, but it said something at the end, like when much is uncertain, everything is possible and I was like oh sure like that kind of resonates with me today um and it resonates with a lot of our world events but I think I mean I, I think it was meant in a positive way but there's also of course like the negative side and I think that's important like there is so much uncertain right now uh, but what's also what also has just as much of a chance at positivity or what also has as much of a chance of like shit going wrong is like shit going right and people demanding what they need. So yeah, that's what I think about. And I'm still kind of processing all of it. But yeah, that coup was fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Yeah, no, thank you for
1: sharing that. That's such good, like, Cancer Moon (laughs) question. Like, where in your body are you feeling and, like, processing and, like, need to let go? Like, certain things that may have, like, been, like pinpointed because of this coup and so I'm glad you said that and that that message does resonate with me like both like globally as well as like on a personal level like I do feel like just there's uh, just a lot for me right now going on like is just uncertain on like all different levels but I have been thinking a lot lately too about just, like, the opportunities that like arise from that mm-hmm. so yeah. it, th- to me that's very very Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius like together because like Saturn really is sometimes like cold, cold hard realities and limits mm-hmm. but Jupiter is always like faith and the bigger picture and mm-hmm. um and yeah and and opportunities
0: so yeah the angel of Aquarius is upon us <laughs> <laughs> oh Aquarius yeah we'll
1: I'm sure we'll be talking more about just the astrology of the current times over like the for this new season because it's like really like every planet's going to be in Aquarius like over these next like there's gonna be a mercury retrograde in Aquarius like happening at the end Mm -hmm. of this month so um yeah we'll be talking more about that
0: I have a feeling we'll also be talking a lot about president right like I think a lot of people were talking about like um, you know how Twitter has, you know, like banned Trump uh, for an indefinite amount of time. But or is it forever? Is he gone from the platform forever? They, I, I've been seeing the headlines saying permanently. But again, like I think you're right.
1: Like I don't understand exactly what the nuance is of that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally understand the people who are like worried about free speech rights and censorship and things like that. I totally am worried about that too. Um, and I think a lot of people this goes back to the talk about impeachment, right? Like a lot of people are saying this sets a precedent. This lets people know that you can't fucking do it. But literally he's been doing this for the past four years. So I don't know yeah. what people are on and like what people have been <laughs> seeing <laughs> or not seeing. Um, but yeah, I think that's like a really big word to think about, like precedent. Like what does this set? Um mm.
1: I thought you were talking about presidents, like, presidents in the United States, but yes, now I I I get what you're saying.
0: No, yeah, but you know, the fact that they are, like, um, what is it, (laughs) homophones? That makes me laugh, that, like, I'm I'm talking about, like, precedent with, like, a C, C-E, right, and then people will think, oh my god,
1: president. We're gonna have to put this in the description of this episode. Oh <laughs> my god, it's yes. precedence. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, I think you're right. I think precedence is like classic Mercury retrograde, too, because like Mercury mm-hmm. retrograde all about revisiting and reevaluating things, right? And like that requires kind of looking at precedence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one time I told someone, I think we are talking about the male gaze, G A Z E, and someone literally thought I was talking about male gaze, like And I was like, <laughs> you definitely don't know male gaze with a ZE it means like because you didn't understand the context
1: <laughs> oh my god that's freaking hilarious <laughs>
0: yeah people are funny um yeah should we talk about our new format for season two and how we left off season 1.5 the planning? Yes. Yeah. So we've decided that for season two, we want to look at
1: the charts of famous people. And we, because, you know, this is Panay Astrology and it's a podcast about BIPOC poems, pop culture and the planets. We really wanted to make sure that we cover the charts of people who are people of color or indigenous Mm -hmm. people. And, um, and so, yeah, that is who we're covering. And
0: um, is there anything else you want to add? That. um I'm just excited to tap into like the pop cultural elements of the podcast and I like that even though like in the first season we had just we had decided to do all of it at one um I'm glad that we're like taking the time to kind of like address each of those different things in different seasons so
1: yeah. I'm excited about this season, too, because, like, it, it makes me think about, you know, when I first started, like, learning about astrology, like, this is before I started doing, like, professional readings and stuff. Um, one of the ways I learned was looking at celebrity charts, and I would do Twitter threads on them and stuff, and it's been a while since they have even done a Twitter thread looking at, like, a celebrity chart. Like, every now and then I'll occasionally look, like, I looked at Kim K's chart, you know, because the news about, like, her divorce at Kanye, <laughs> and so that was, like, the kind of the other big news this Did week other track? than the coup. It uh, is it what yeah, yeah. No, it like it kind of really does track, like it does seem like she's gonna be the big winner in all of it actually, like financially and even in terms of just like personal and professional gain as well as even with the kids too, I think. Yeah. anyway. That's, like, a whole other topic, but yes, like, I think, like, I think the charts, looking at the charts of famous people is, like, a really, really great way to learn about astrology, and so I'm excited and hopeful that, like, our listeners are going to really, really get a lot, like, out of this, like, at the very least some entertainment and amazement.
0: Yes, I hope people don't take it and see that we are just sort of, like, venerating one person or one figure and, like, we think they're so great like no i think we're actually we've actually chosen a bunch of people that i think we have a lot to say and like critique about so um, today's show will be a good example of like kind of love hating somebody (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like in no
1: way are are the 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 famous people we chose are like in no way an endorsement of like any of these people right it's not necessarily that like so no (laughs)
0: yeah it's more like practice you know like to practice and learn more about um uh like how how the planets and this person of astrology kind of play out in in the world so right yeah it doesn't mean that we just love these people and like everyone else should love them too like definitely not
1: <laughs> yes exactly people are fucking complex and that is what we're gonna see and we're gonna especially <laughs> see it in today's example so we wanted to start <laughs> off this season with drake And I want to share like a little bit of backstory and like why we're choosing Drake first. Like again, this is not because we're like a huge (laughs) endorsement of Drake. Mm -hmm. It's because when we were, Janice and I were like kind of like listing out which celebrities we wanted to do episodes on. And we were, you know, we're writing out our list. We're like kind of brainstorming together. And when um, Drake was mentioned, like I went to go check and see if there's a confirmed birth time for Drake. And there is. And so I said, Janice, can you guess what his placements are? And of course she guessed he's a Scorpio sun because every fucking person who listens to Drake's music knows he's a Scorpio sun. And then I was like, what's his moon? And she was able to successfully guess his big three all in like one go. She guessed that he's a Cancer moon and a Leo rising. Yeah.
0: Oh my God, that's been happening to me a lot recently. Like I'll watch something on a celebrity and I'll just kind of guess what their sunshine is and I will be right. I am really proud of myself, pal, but really I think it's um, because of your mentorship in this era. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so fucking
1: like proud of you and excited. Like I could not I was fucking floored that she guessed like Drake's big three all in like one go. But yes, yeah, so we are gonna be talking about Drake
0: today. Yeah. Should I go over like a little bit of his bio and who he is for people who yes, please. may not know. I feel like people do know, but just in case. Um, Drake is his stage name. His full name is Aubrey Drake Graham. Drake is his middle name. He was born in Toronto, Canada, and his birthday is October 24th, 1986. Um, Drake is mixed. His dad is African-American and Catholic, and his mom is Canadian and Jewish. I don't know how I found this information, but I guess it's important to know that he had a bar mitzvah which is sort of like a coming of age Jewish ceremony. Uh, I just read a young adult novel about it, so that's how I learned it. Um, Also, he dropped out of school to pursue acting. And he, I don't know if people know this, but he actually graduated from school, high school in 2012, which is pretty recent in my opinion. So that means that while he was touring, making music, after he had been acting for a while, he still decided to pursue his degree. So I say pops to that. Um, and the two songs that really brought him into stardom was, uh, Best I Never Had." I love that song. I really love that song. And I love all of the YouTube remakes that people have made. <laughs> so yeah. Songs. Random
1: <laughs> fact about me. It's like one of my favorite songs to do in karaoke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is what, is Best I Never Have? Yeah. No way. Yeah. You rap it too? Yep, yep. Oh my God, I would love to see that. Yeah, Paula loves karaoke. I just hope people know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then that song, Successful, brought him into stardom. And I feel like these are songs that like, just by hearing the title, you can start to hear the melody play in your own head. So it makes sense. Like, I hope that shows people how like ubiquitous these songs were (laughs) at those times when they were released
1: oh man that's like a really good point like so both of those tracks came out in his so far so gone um it's that was called so far so gone album <laughs> um and i you know just looking at the astrology of it i think it's like really fucking interesting that he released it or that that album came out on february 13th 2009 and um i've mentioned this technique before but i'll just give a quick overview on it but there's an astrology predictive technique called annual perfections which um means that like every year of your life there's like a certain house that is going to be activated like more so than the other like parts of your chart and you know each house is in a sign and then so you'd look at what the ruler of that sign is for that year and that's also going to then become like your most activated or like the most important planet for you this like that year so for example like every single 30 year old out there is going to be like have their seventh house of close relationships activated which means close relationships are going to be the big theme of that year but the difference between every 30 year old is like some 30 year olds like me have their 7000 Scorpio and so like Scorpio is ruled by Mars so Mars is going to be the most important planet when I'm 30 and um it's going to be different for like everyone else so anyway Using this technique, when I look at when he released that, like, obviously very successful album with those two big tracks, he was in an 11th house Gemini perfection year. And so the 11th house represents things like, fr- like, people know it as the house of friends and groups and connections and alliances. But mm-hmm. I think one of the significations of the 11th house that gets so slept on is it's the house that comes after the 10th house of career. And so the 11th house is, although it's traditionally called the house of good fortune. And so I think that house also tends to be like the rewards that we reap from the hard work we put into our like 10th house career year. And so for me, it's like a really, really good reminder for those out there who are like studying astrology, like, yeah, 10th house years can bring big things and changes around your career. But don't be surprised if you don't really actually see that until like, or like the actual like. Accumulation or like the rewards of like that work in the 11th house year. And I think Drake is like an excellent example of that. He like um was probably working real hard on his music career in the 10th house year, the year prior, like 2008 and stuff. And then like all that hard work got released in the 11th house year. And then obviously like just really fucking paid off for him.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the
1: fact that like his 11th house is in Gemini, right? So that meant Mercury is going to be the most important com- um, planet for him that year in 2009, and it's like, well, Mercury's communication, and so obviously, like, music writing <coughs> is going to be in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow,
1: well, yeah. I think we had to interrupt the recording at this time because I had to cough.
0: Okay, I was going to say that um, a lot of the biographical information I found Didn't so much focus on his acting, but more so his music. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. But I do want to say that a lot of people, I'm sure, know Drake as Jimmy Brooks on Degrassi, where he um, was on there for 13 seasons. And I didn't watch that show because, I I don't know, maybe because it was, was it available in the United States? I'm not sure, but I definitely wasn't really watching TV around the time that he was on it, so... (laughs) I think um, it was because I, I had like American friends
1: who like were into that show but you know it's a Canadian show still so I think yeah I think it was just really kind of obscure for like most of us. I never watched The Grassy either.
0: Yeah, I think like when you talk to about like how, um, like the benefit of hard work like that, that to me seems like it's part of it like acting was like one way to get to music. And so I think that definitely tracks with what Paula is saying. Um, did you have more to share? Should I? Um, no, I think it's like, I think,
1: um I think the other thing I wanted to add was like, okay, so he came out with this, like, he got, he was really successful, like, <laughs> successful. Like, <just> <laughs> uh, in 2009, he came out with that. And then like, but it's like, he, um things really, really took off for him, like in that year, and then the couple years following, right, when he was like 23 years old. And so when 23 year olds go, go through a 12th house perfection year, and 12th house professional years get a lot of just like hype on astro twitter like people freak the fuck out about them and like i don't want to sugarcoat it either like 12th house years can be hard like 23 was a a fucking hard year for me like that's for sure but Mm -hmm. i think drake's like drake success during the 12th house year is like a good example of why people shouldn't freak out too much about them like i'm sure like the newfound fame must have been like really kind of overwhelming and did bring some challenges for drake but like Mm -hmm. Like come on, like that really was like the time his career really fucking took off.
0: Yeah, man, I just remember the the So Far Gone mixtape. Like, I found it in my brother's car. I, I basically stole it. I took it and played it in my car, and <laughs> I just would play that that mixtape on repeat. Like for some reason, I felt like, well, one, like it just got me really excited to listen to hip hop again. I think like the, the the struggle of like early 2000s San Diego radio playing hip hop really just kind of like put me off. And I felt like I wasn't really in touch or I wasn't understanding what was actually popular at the time. You know this, pal. You know, San Diego. Anyone who's lived or spent time in San Diego, listened to the radio, knows it's so bad. San Diego, was, San Diego radio sucks. Yes. It sucks. <laughs> and I you know I don't know what like to what that's attributed but um yeah I'm just really glad that like Drake came kind of like a good time in my life um and I like what Pa was saying about like career like sometimes like with career too your career depends on other people who have you met who can help you um who can you help you know and so Yeah, it's just been really interesting to sort of like watch Drake. Um, One of the things that I think really propelled his career over the past few years was when he had beef with Chris Brown. I mean, I think that this is just like toxic masculinity, like to the max, you know? Um, Over Rihanna, of course. And I I see Paulo to talk about Rihanna in a little bit. Um, But yeah, like he had some beef with Chris Brown and Meek Mill. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if some of that is about Nicki Minaj too, because when Drake came out, Nicki Minaj was also rising to fame around the same time, you know? And that was, her her rise was very refreshing to me. Like mm-hmm. for, for a time, she was the only, like other female hip hop artists. And um, there's a hip hop poet and rapper that I know. She was like, yeah, Nicki Minaj is like the only person we have right now who is on a very public stage. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if like, <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that women are Drake's downfall. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's so funny to kind of think about because, um, he does have a um, so um you know the, Venus is gonna be like the general yeah. like significator of relationships though I would also like let people know like you know just as a an side note like also look at where your seventh house is if you have planets in the seventh house or look at the planet ruling your seventh house
0: but yeah mm-hmm. Venus is
1: is a good planet to look at too when it comes to romance and Drake has a Venus retrograde in Scorpio in the fourth <laughs> house along with like you know three other planets in Scorpio he's got very strong Scorpio in his chart and um (laughs) Venus is not um Venus doesn't do well in Scorpio like Mm -hmm. you know Scorpio is a Mars ruled sign and Venus and Mars are like you know as the old trope goes Mm -hmm. like as opposite as it gets Mm -hmm. right and so Mm -hmm. it like does not fucking shock me that yeah Drake's love life is just like so much clearly so much passion and so much drama
0: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, because um just looking at his chart, like, there's just so much Scorpio, it's really fucking crazy how much there is right there, so maybe we could share that with people too, since it is, like, confirmed. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: he does have a confirmed birth time, so, like, we can definitely put the link <laughs> for his chart in the, the like, episode description, but... Yeah, you know, on his relationship with Rihanna, like he actually began dating her right like just a few months after that album had come out. So it was like May 20 to May 2009. So it's still that Gemini like 11th house perfection year and I think I mean that relationship not only was his like his beef with Chris Brown and Meek Mill did like kind of like really kind of put him in the spotlight but so did that relationship with Rihanna and some of that beef with, with Chris Brown was because of the relationship with Rihanna right mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I think that is also classic 11th house even though like romance isn't like typically under the 11th house the fact that like the 11th house is friends and connections and I mm-hmm. think Rihanna opened up a lot of doors for him that's for mm-hmm. sure whether it was like very like explicit and blatant or not
0: yeah you know it almost seems like shit like he just had kind of like a wild ride in his career and personal life like do you remember um, the I remember this because my students would always talk about it when Drake was beefing with Meek Mill and there was that like very infamous lyric where he was like um are you on a world tour is that your girls tour yeah. <laughs> god that was the best that was the best like i, I think for some, you know conflict brings change but conflict is also sometimes really interesting to watch if it means no consequences for you of course so i just i remember that um i don't know why that came up as you're telling me, but yeah i wouldn't so be surprised if rihanna Nicki minaj lil wayne his mentor if they all just kind of like helped open these doors um yeah. I, yeah, think too, I, you know, on the
1: conflict, like, um like, like I said earlier, right, like, look at Venus on relationships, but look at planets in the seventh house, and Drake has Mars in Aquarius in his seventh house, so, like, talk about, like, Mars is the planet of conflict, and it's, like, in his seventh house, so, like, go fucking figure, like, a lot of just the conflict in his life and the drama has arisen around, like, directly from relationships or beef with other rappers about relationships.
0: Oh my god, and he has, uh, Mercury and Scorpio. Fuck, dude. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, I, I think like for more context too, I just wanted to talk about, I don't always like this description, but I've heard this from things I've read and other hip hop journalists that Drake came to represent a younger and intelligent brand of hip hop. I don't like that. I don't like like the phrasing of like calling like a certain generation or like crop of rappers, like intelligent. Cause does that what would that mean then that everyone else was unintelligent, right? Like I don't necessarily agree with that, but there was um I I think in many ways like these people push hip hop. They push people to think about what's going on in the world and like how to use the self as a vessel to talk about what life has been like or what life is like, you know? And to me that's a very artistic way. So really maybe what's more accurate is saying that they came to represent a younger, more creative, uh, differently creative artistic brand of hip hop. Um, so like a lot of his contemporaries in hip hop are Jake Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Meek <laughs> Mill question mark. Because I can't think of anything Meek Mill has done after beeping with Drake. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think the I only
1: know- song I can think of is the one that he has with Drake.
0: Yeah, he has one with Nicki Minaj, but she is just way better. I mean, I'm sure way you have better. more. I'm so sorry to all of the Meek Mill fans, but I'm not from I'm not Philadelphia. Not. I don't know. All I know is Philadelphia writes hard for him, but I don't know about the rest of the, the world. So. <laughs> um, oh my God, yeah. yeah. One of the other things is that like Drake sings and raps, right? So I think it's fair to say that his contemporaries, he has contemporaries in R&B too, which include Chris Brown, As we've just talked about trey song august alcina not so much i do like august alcina sorry just like a side note because he took time off from being famous to take care of his family and i don't know Mm. if a lot of people know that but i just really admire that so anyway his mentor is lil wayne and i would say that he's the most popular canadian rapper this is totally my claim um, because I looked at other Canadian rappers and there's k who had like a bit of a, uh, I don't know, stint on MTV for a little while. Cardinal Official, who's kind of like a, a reggae artist. Um, but do y'all remember, Della, do you remember Snow? The white Canadian rapper from like, no. he, he sang a, uh, what's his most cover song? Informer. I don't <laughs> He like speaks Patwa, but he's like full on white, like no. Um, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, cultural appropriation from the 90s at its finest. But Drake is more popular now than all of them. I would say like maybe even in their hating. So wow. Um, That's not good. Kind of- of- go ahead
1: oh sorry this I mean this does remind me too like I mean yeah I I, I do agree with you I think he's definitely like the most famous like Canadian rapper but I um you know on the R&B contemporaries of his right like The Weeknd I think it's definitely also one too like Mm -hmm. and that The Weeknd also started becoming like famous like I actually think The Weeknd got way bigger in like the latter half of the 2010s but I like I actually really like The Weeknd's music, <laughs> and okay. I started listening to The Weeknd right around the same time Drake got really big, actually, like, with, like, a, what around 2008-2009 when I really started to listen to his music, but um, right. mm-hmm. The Weeknd's also from Canada, and I'm sure, and The Weeknd does have, like, a good relationship with Drake, and they both, like, you know, featured each other on, like, different tracks and stuff, and I think, like, um, I'm sure that a lot of it's, too, is that this, Canada connection.
0: Yeah, do we count Justin Bieber as a contemporary as well? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, there's another astrologer like,
1: so well known named Chris Brennan who, <laughs> is, like, I think like constantly uses Justin Bieber as like a chart example, and I think he's a fan. <laughs> I
0: think that's um, a fan.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Justin Bieber also has a confirmed birth time. Just FYI.
0: Ooh, yeah, we're not talking about him because he's not bipoc, but we will reference him and who. His- you know, interesting ways. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, yeah, I wanted to, maybe you can figure this out too with me, pal. Like, um, he definitely has hella secrets, right? And definitely, I think some of that is Scorpio. Um, But a lot of secrets with him include, like, the fact that he um had to hide his son. And that was, like, a really big thing because people were like, does Drake have a son? Um, And he, like, made a reference to... Uh, children on his um what album was that shit i need to find it but he made a reference to maybe it was more like i don't know but he had to keep his son hidden from the public eye i can definitely understand that um but yeah people were definitely surprised when he had made an announcement um i remember the album views when that dropped in 2016 it didn't have any sort of like prior press release it was just like i'm dropping this album you know um the element of surprise. Uh, Seems to like, what is there a a planet or a house that kind of tracks with either of those things? Well, for the
1: kid for his um well firstly yeah I think for the secrets in general yes that is the big stereotype for Scorpio is that like they can be pretty secretive and not all Scorpio is going to be like that of course but with Drake especially yes because all of those Scorpio placements of him are in the fourth house and like I completely I can relate to that like all my Leo placements are in the fourth house and Leo is like a very showy sign but for me I think it does tone mine down like a little bit and so with his child like it is really interesting to me that like he has um, the children are going to be the fifth house in astrology and so his fifth house is in Sagittarius where he has Saturn and It's ruled by Jupiter in the eighth house, and like both, and the eighth house is a very, very like hidden house, and so, um, and and Saturn too is just like about like limits and restrictions, and so for me, it just like doesn't surprise me that like Drake really wanted to keep his kid out of the limelight, but even just like having so many planets in the fourth house alone, like the fourth house is like home and family, but it's also like our private life, you know, and a lot of that could be everything from like, um our ancestors to our upbringing to just like our inner world right and I think um so it doesn't shock me at all that like Drake just released an album out of nowhere some of that's also just maybe some of his like Leo rising flashiness right Uh (laughs) Of just being like I don't need a press release like I my album release is enough to be news like Uh, yeah oh my gosh
0: which was like pioneered by Beyonce in my opinion like she dropped Uh she started the secret album drop moment so for sure. um yeah so many things with him I just feel like Lee Hella, did a great like fast forward on his life <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh, I have here that he won two Grammys for the song Hotline Bling which is what I'm going to be talking about later on um but he actually didn't want them and so he didn't submit his most recent album More Life released in 2017 He didn't want to release that to the Grammys for consideration in 2018 because he was mad. Um, He was mad that hotline bling (laughs) uh, that he won. So he won 2017 for best rap song and 2017 for best song slash rap song. But he was mad because those were songs, like he had, he sang in them. So he was like, why am I winning awards where I'm rapping when I'm not entirely rapping on these songs? Mm. that's really interesting
1: yeah no I'm I I have like the astrology I think of hotline bling is like really fucking fascinating to me and I do have like stuff to say about that but I'm wondering like if you would rather me wait to share that as you're talking about like doing the song analysis um Mm. or yeah I, I I'm down kind of for whatever
0: yeah should we do that that way it's like all together in one I like that. I, yeah, I like that too, cause like we, I think there is still stuff to say. Like, um, we'll we'll
1: mm-hmm. kind of close this episode out with just talking about Hotline Bling, but um, I think there still is more to say about his natal chart. Um, so I definitely like want to talk like a little bit more about that before we jump into Hotline Bling. Yeah. So- Yeah. So as we had already been talking about, like Drake has like the sun, Mercury, Venus, retrograde, and Pluto in Scorpio in his fourth house. And then that Scorpio sun, um, the sun rules Leo and he's a Leo rising. So that Scorpio sun rules his Leo rising. And so to me, it's just like... um, just further emphasizes just all the Scorpio in his chart like Drake is like everyone knows Drake is a Scorpio He has an album album called Scorpion like yeah. me and Janice are <laughs> like I definitely have in previous episodes laughed about just how like fucking like hard Scorpios go about being Scorpios like I think even more than Leos do mm-hmm. like totally.
0: and,
1: yeah Yeah, Janice earlier, like, before recording (laughs) said that Scorpios are the Leos of the water sign, and it's true.
0: Prove Uh, me wrong. We're gonna die
1: on this hill. (laughs) And um, this is, like, we both love Scorpios. Like, Janice's husband's a Scorpio. Like, I'm dating a Scorpio rising now. Like, I constantly date
0: Scorpios. (laughs) I have to tell my Scorpio husband to, like, when he's talking shit about people, I have to be like, okay, put the knife down it'll be okay
1: (laughs) oh my fucking god
0: but yes like all of that scorpio
1: like yeah some of it it explains the secretiveness for sure but i think it does like you know with all of that being in his fourth house like i said the fourth house represents home and like our private life and our private world like to me like then it doesn't like um it doesn't surprise me like how much he just places an emphasis on his heritage and his hometown mm-hmm. like he's constantly rapping about Toronto talking about Toronto like really hyping up Toronto mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about just like being black and like being Jewish as well like started from the bottom yeah. is another track that he's like really well known for and you watch the music video and it's like him just like really showing us Toronto showing us what it was like growing up for him Um, there are like I, I do have to throw out there are a lot of critiques about starting from the bottom right Right? like a lot of people do point out like Drake grew yeah. up in a really nice neighborhood <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> like come on Drake. <laughs> but yeah so I'm I to me like it doesn't surprise me he has so many like planets in the fourth house and that he's just like constantly talking about this um the other thing we haven't talked about yet with Drake's chart is his he has a moon in Cancer just like Janice actually yeah but his moon is in the 12th house and 12th house moons are just like fascinating to me because any kind of planet in the 12th house will tend to be kind of really hidden from like other people or even kind of hidden from yourself right like and, and in the case of the moon in the 12th house it could oftentimes like be like not like it could for Cancer Moon I could see that being like knowing you have feels but really really struggling through like either how to feel those feels or like whether to talk about those feels or like where are these feels coming from like what do we do with all of it and to me like I think Drake is all in the feels like he definitely. definitely had a lot of just like critics um not 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 saying bad critics but like I've I've read good articles about him especially in the first few years of him coming out where like people mm-hmm. were kind of praising him in some ways of like actually kind of talking about his feels um but still like you know with drake it's still a little touch of fuck boy you know like it's like feels with some fuck boy like kind of dashed in there
0: yes thank you for saying that because i was hoping that word would come up at some point during this particular podcast (laughs) yeah
1: like drake like you know and and another thing with drake is like his midheaven so the midheaven in astrology is like um uh, like a angle in our chart that can like point out like our career and so is that the 10th house is also like going to be career and public persona and for both for drake both his midheaven and 10th house are in taurus and so um i think he's yeah he drake definitely has a rep for being like a really like good looking like handsome soft boy and that is (laughs) Taurus
0: in a nutshell. Oh my God. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for walking us through that, pal. That's great. Yeah. looking at it while Paolo's talking, so we'll link this in in our show notes as well. Yes, for sure.
1: I do have some thoughts, too, on like what to expect for Drake in like 2021. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I'll just say them now, and then we can end with hotline bling, if that's okay with you. Yeah, perfect. Cool so with Drake so he's currently so you know Drake's birthday is in October right so he just turned 34 years old a few months ago so uh, the funny thing is he's in another now in another 11th house perfection year so it's been 12 years since he like kind of really kind of started to get big and stuff right and so um you know with annual perfections in astrology like our lives do tend to come in these like 12 year cycles and so i'm really fucking fascinated to see like what is going to be in store for him this year because it's now been 12 years since his music career really took off it means mercury is going to be the most important planet for him because his 12 his 11th house is in gemini and so mercury is going to be the planet he needs to watch for and all of the mercury retrogrades this year are going to be in air signs so that's like Mm -hmm. for him that's going to be libra in his third house aquarius in his seventh house and gemini in his 11th house and i wonder um one of my possible like theories is that um, because Mercury and like therefore Mercury retrogrades are going to be big for him I wonder if he's going to kind of throw it back and like get some inspiration from his previous work Um, and I also wonder then you know that 11th house year also was like where Rihanna got like really big for him if there's just going to be kind of new romantic relationships or flings that are going to be like throwing some new like musical inspiration for him mm-hmm. or uh, hopefully not cause new beef, but maybe maybe new connections for him too. Mm-hmm. Just in the same way he kind of got that um twelve years ago. And another thing that stood out to me is there's um I did notice and this is, I won't go into too much of the weeds of this, but there's another predictive technique called zodiacal releasing that I look at where certain like parts of our lives and it's different for everyone we'll, we'll just have peaks. And for Drake, I did notice that between July 22, 2021 to July 16, 2022, he hits one of these career peaks. Holy and shit. I do think it's going to be a challenging one for him, mm-hmm. though. And um, I kind of wonder if he will release new work that won't be well received, um, but will still ultimately do well for him, um, or some or something, what kind of challenges may possibly come up in terms of just a new career ventures for him. So I'm really, really interested in seeing what's going to happen for Drake.
0: Totally. um, This year. Wow, and that's all um, during, well, you know, kind of, yeah, I don't know, kind of during Leo, Leo season or the start of, end of cancer Leo season, so. Yeah. We will see. Wow, I love this. I love that you did a a sort of, like, prediction for Drake in 2021, pal. This is amazing. I know. Drake, listen to this, hopefully, and then you can always (laughs) hire
1: me as your astrologer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, his barber is Filipino and, like, one of his best friends. I forgot to say that
1: no
0: ways okay oh my god i'm gonna manifest this yes i mean you know diaspora filipinos are everywhere hello filipinos in toronto i love toronto i have a i don't know i have a mentor who lives there so i i couldn't go this past summer but for the past two summers i have gone and visited her and um yeah i just love there's like there's an energy in that city that to me is like really almost exciting as new york city um but not because not as like I don't know it's just not the same kind of um tempo but yeah Yeah. I they love Drake there um and it makes sense um for anyone who traveled there I I learned that like people don't call it the six so don't do that (laughs) 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 um and actually pal I wanted to ask you to like is there, and we didn't do a game this time around because we just didn't, but maybe in the future. Um, is there a, a song that, by Drake, is there a song by Drake that you think is like a sleeper? Like you really like it personally, but it's not as popular as like, you know, best I ever had. It's, it's
1: From Time featuring Janae No <gasps>
0: Ooh, okay. I don't really know that one. He has a lot of songs, but I'm going to listen mm-hmm. to that. Why? Yes, Why that
1: one? Because I like both of them, but it is like, yeah, it didn't get big at all. Like, I think it's, it's, it's mellow. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really kind of mellow one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It really spoke to me at the time it came out. And I can't remember off the top of my head when it came out. Like, I'm pretty sure it was like 2013, 2014, like around that time. But I remember just having that one on repeat like a lot, a lot. And Mm -hmm. so that's the very first one that popped in my head.
0: Mm -hmm. How about you? Mine is Marvin's room. Mm. That's a good one. I know people liked it, but I feel like it's that kind of song that's so fucking sad and Mm -hmm. so self-deprecating, definitely in a fuckboy way. But like it's also super honest and it's like so raw that I think it's hard to contend with. And it's really kind of like sad to admit that like this is a favorite song, you know? It's hella true um, in my opinion. Um, but it's just so sad in in tone with the lyrics and um, with the phone calls that are sort of like sampled in between the different verses. Like that shit is so sad. Everyone knows what it's like to be on a phone call uh, receiving news that you don't want, you know? Um, like. That's why I just feel like for people to admit that they love Marvin's Room would be to admit that they're also in their field, and people love to repel themselves from their field. So yeah, I love. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, you should listen to From Time. Like From Time is definitely like classic Drake, like Soft Boy Fuck Boy, because he definitely is like very honest in the track and it's definitely Mm -hmm. in his feels, but it's definitely like. A little bit like you see the toxic part of like I could only imagine what the fuck it's like like being in a relationship with Drake but actually I can because I dated someone who was born like two weeks after Drake so with so pretty much the exact same chart except for with the Aquarius rising but anyway um but yeah like a lot of just the lines in that particular song are just like um yeah, Drake just deeply like kind of clearly like kind of caring about someone, but like also like being just completely incapable of like articulating it to that person and showing it to that person. Like it's um and but like wanting to like change, but like having no idea fucking how to. Like it's it's a good. It, I like it. It's yeah. it's sad,
0: but yeah, yeah
1: typical soft boy, fuck boy.
0: <laughs> Drake just does devastation really well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh Oh, my god yeah that one's good and you know he talks too about his relationship with his father in that track and it's just kind of like a little sad and like a little bit beautiful Mm -hmm. but also still like man you're still such a fuck boy that like he's Mm -hmm. you know he he is kind of making like the implicit connection So it's like a lot a lot of his like relationship problems and his problems building intimacy come from like his um kind of just shitty relationship with his non-existent relationship with a relationship with his father
0: yeah totally People. The way that they grew up however they were parented that totally has an effect on people's outlook on dating and relationships so I'm glad you pointed that out um should I talk a little bit about you know not the poem but the song that I'll be talking about this time yes oh my
1: god we so we
0: we were talking about, as we were
1: planning season two like Janice was like well what do we do about the poem and I was like well most of the people were talking about our musical artists and mm-hmm like songs are poems
0: yes <laughs> period um yes we're gonna talk about hotline bling which was released in 2015 i just i still love that song um that's actually a really good karaoke song too now that like we've talked about it i hope people do wait you said you is that yours no you said no the- best i ever oh. had Yeah, got it okay um, yes, yeah, I like Colin Bling. Uh, it led to a cultural phenomenon of his dance moves. I think it really cemented the fact that he has dance moves because a lot of people will reference that video when they um, think of him. Um, also, I think it cemented the like, millennial baby pink color that became very popularized after the video was released because a lot of the women who are in that video posed as like call center workers um, were wearing baby pink t-shirts but so said 1-800-Hotline-Bling. Um, also his like puffy red orange jacket and Tim's led to a very popular Halloween costume <laughs> Like, a lot of people had it. And it's funny, right? It's a costume, but it's like, are you really wearing a costume? Or are you just being the hot boy you are? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well,
0: I think the other thing to, like, just add to this, uh, how big of
1: a cultural phenomenon this is, it's like, it's such a big meme to this day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song came out how long ago? Like, 25, like, six years ago already? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. we constantly see that Drake meme still of just, like, the... Oh, God, I'm not gonna try to, like, verbally... You you yes. all know what the memes are, the hotline bling yeah. memes. Everyone. But even when the song, like, first came out, like, there were so many memes about his dance moves, too, like, a lot of Dominicans were like, like, this is, like, what it's like when you're a drunk auntie and uncle, like, like, Dominican drunk auntie and uncle are, like, hitting the dance floor, and it was just showing the dance scenes between him and one of these, like, women. Yeah, yeah
0: yes there were so many good ones that came out too it was just it's so great it's iconic in so many ways people will know like a great turtleneck jeans and tames with drake and his facial hair like people are gonna know what that reference is it's such a popular song (laughs) 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 i know what you know what i'm talking about (laughs) um yeah so like i feel that before i could talk about how i'm bling i have to talk about bling and like the history on bling and what it means um and to say it now is almost kind of like outdated but i think that we can redefine with drake and his music especially through the song so first the poetry bling is otomatopoeia right which is like <laughs> when you hear a sound and then the word um sounds like that sound so i really love that bling is otomatopoeia um the word bling first appeared um, in 1987, as a rap song by rapper Dana Dane, um, who is known for humorous raps and out there fashion. So, um, side note, Dana Dane is now a novelist with a book called Numbers by Random House. Just wanted to like, share that. Wow. <laughs> so that People don't think that like that the people who started hip hop are just like, you know, old, like they actually still do things. Nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so Bling Bling is a very popular song from the late 90s, early 2000s. It's a song by um, one of the cash money millionaires named BG, uh, which stands for baby gangsta. I didn't know that. I didn't know BG stood for baby gangsta, so now I'm sharing that with people. But that song featured Lil Wayne on it. Um, cash Money Millionaires is New Orleans, is the South, and the chorus was sung or rapped by Lil Wayne. Um, and I'm sure you could probably hear the song in your head. You can hear Lil Wayne saying bling, bling. People will say that Lil Wayne started it. It's not true. It came from VG. It came from Dana Dane. Um, and so, yeah, bling, bling was released in 1999. I hate saying bling, bling, by the way. Side <laughs> um, note: my very Filipino uncle once said that his daughter's Filipino nickname is bling, bling. <laughs> <because> <laughs> she's, she's so precious to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god that yes, yes. <laughs> Filipinos love nicknames we love repetitive nicknames we love onomatopoeia as well as nicknames and so I have not I do not have a relative named bling bling but I definitely have like
0: a jing jing yeah um lala bling. like yes. have <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, bling bling um, um, I am the Jing, Jing in my family. Please don't ever call me that. I will not respond.
1: Oh my fucking um, God.
0: <laughs> interesting. Filipino names are online. But you know, you're right. Like maybe this is it. Like, Filipino names are onomatopoeia. Yes, they really are. I'm actually really
1: fucking shocked that my family never ever called me Pow Pow um, <laughs> growing up because that's onomatopoeia too.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I've definitely called you Pow Pow. So that's your it's it's like um you know you never skip a phase it comes back to you so you have it now (laughs) yeah um but yes i think uh this is how cbc canada um describes bling they said it was a phrase a slang term for jewelry which was popularized by the 1999 song by the same name um by bg and that song had hello people i didn't know that it had other Cash Money artists, Lil Wayne was on it, Juvenile was on it, and then huh. Brian, original Baby Williams was, and uh, Fresh. I don't know all of those artists, but I'm guessing they're all part of Cash Money Millionaires. Um, Bling was entered into the Oxford Dictionary in 2003. I hadn't heard about that one, but I had heard about the Merriam-Webster dictionary entry in 2006. So this word is not only like popular. Uh, created rooted in um, black culture and hip hop culture, but now it is out there for other people to use. Um, And so music reviewers about Hotline Bling in particular, they did not like Hotline Bling. Um, And there are a lot of articles about this, but I chose a couple of things. So they said it was sad boy fuck boy music. (laughs) (laughs) Paula and I have already mentioned right but I that's definitely part of the appeal um the Chicago Reader said that Drake sounds hurt neglected and confused even while he's admonishing his ex um and then Pitchfork another music magazine said that he was too concerned about a woman right and I just want to point out a couple of things which is like I'm glad you can you know understand what a song is about But sometimes music journalism is white as fuck. A lot of journalism is white as fuck. Um, The reviewers who reviewed it are, of course, two white guys. Um, And it's like, neither of them have a specialty in hip-hop music. So I did look them up. People can look them up too. But, you know, reviewers are whack. And clearly reviewers don't determine the success of the song you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. so that song is popular beyond what people thought about it um too many too many people thought how I'm bling and this is sort of like my analysis now a lot of people thought that it was about calling up hell bitches and getting booty and that's just not that's the surface level understanding of how I'm bling at first glance it seems that way but really if you take a deeper longer look and listen to how I'm bling it's really about a man who yes is satisfied. But it's also a love song. (laughs) I think Hotline Bling is a millennial love song. (laughs) I think it's an I Miss My Love song, a fucked up, I'm fucked up, I fucked up song. Um, I think it's about like how I could get it as many times as I want from all these other girls. When a lot of girls call, that's the hotline. You know, when you have a lot of people on hold, that's the hotline. But the one phone call I am waiting for is yours. This is an I miss you song. This is, a, this is a love song. You know, it's not just like a, um, you know, I miss her, I'm sad, or, you know, here are the girls i with song. It's a fucking sad boy song. <laughs> um, and so I just really wanted to say that really the song is like all the women are so beautiful, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're just waiting for the one person you miss the most. Like that, I, I think that's like what people miss about the song. Uh, is that they're caught up in its iconography and the beat and the very catchy chorus, the dancing, the costume. Um, but all of that is like covering up what's really missing. Um, and some of the lyrics are here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, ever, since, ever since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now. Everybody knows and I feel left out. Girl, you got me down, you got me stressed out. So it's like he had to leave. He had to leave maybe for his career as we know him, for other reasons but like he basically chose another place over her and she's hurt too but it's like he's upset at her success you know what I mean uh running out of pages in your passport I don't know I thought that she was Sagittarius Paul I hope you like that too because if she's running out of pages on her passport she's going she's adventurous she doesn't need you you're an accessory to her um and then I looked it up like the compatibility between the Sagittarius and the Scorpio and they're both very like physical in their love adventures um and yes so basically like they can read each other's body language even from afar so I don't know who the song is about or what it's like I know what it's about I don't know who but I'm hoping that I it's a Sagittarius so yeah that's kind of my analysis on how I'm bling. um anything pal what do you think first like I remember listening to this
1: song and being like damn I'm happy for this woman whoever the fuck she is she's like hanging out she's got some new girlfriends she's like running out of pages in her passport she's Uh like got like a reputation in the city like I don't Uh fucking care what her reputation is she has a reputation (laughs) like Uh she sounds like she's like living her fucking best life so (laughs)
0: she is a whole ass woman with Drake without Drake even better yeah. than that <laughs> right. yeah I think the like
1: astrology points like just wanted to make on this song is that mm. the music video which is like okay like I I, I couldn't like I couldn't find the exact song release but it's really the music video that makes the song like well, yeah like, you know like we talked about the music video already but the music mm. video was released on October 19th 2015 so he was like it was like right before his 29th birthday so he was still 28 years old mm. and that means like when 28-year-olds go through a fifth house year. And so for him, his fifth house is in Sagittarius. And the fifth house represents things like creative projects. And I think it's like, and then, you know, his is in Sagittarius. So that means Jupiter is the most popular planet, um, mm. the, popular, the most um, significant planet for him. And so at the time mm. that Hotline Bling, the music video came out, Jupiter was in Virgo. And Jupiter does not do well in the sign of Virgo and Virgo's in his second house and it's opposing, it's a complete opposite sign of his natal Jupiter. So um, to me, I really think this is why he got huge success and um, acclaim, not maybe not acclaim, he got huge success and he got like a huge like following from this this hit despite the negative reviews from critics. Um, And that also, I think it's really interesting that he wasn't really like quite proud of this mm-hmm. um of this hit and mm-hmm. so to me that just screams like Jupiter and Virgo of just being like like especially with you with the like, explanation on why he didn't like like this hit you know like Jupiter and Virgo tends to really struggle with seeing the bigger picture it just like hones in way too much on the details sometimes it makes it sometimes a way too big of a deal on like the details right like the struggle of like seeing the forest or the trees in the forest or like whatever that phrase mm-hmm. goes that's very very Jupiter and Virgo and so for me like I just think it's so funny that <laughs> that's where jupiter was at the time hotline bling came out for him
0: yeah yeah Yeah. that's crazy (gasps) yeah i just i love your notes
1: on this keep going (laughs) yeah i think the final note and i think um yeah we just talked about this in our last episode right because the last episode we talked about saturn so drake was going through his um saturn return when Mm -hmm. the song and music video came out and drake like i think it's like really fascinating like so um everyone goes through their Saturn return around the, between the years of like, you know, or ages like 27 through 30. And mm-hmm. so Drake, like both of us actually has Saturn and Sagittarius. And so Saturn was in Sagittarius, like between like December, 2014 through December, 2017. And so I think to top it off, like not only was like Drake going through his Saturn return, but then his like following perfection years, like that came, that happened like right after Hotline Bling came out. We're in Capricorn and Aquarius, which are both Saturn-ruled signs, so, um, and those are the years that he won awards for this song in 2016 and 2017, so it's really, really interesting to me that Hallein-Bling was his Saturn return, and again, like, going back to this idea of, like, Saturn returns aren't all scary, like, I had a great Saturn Mm -hmm. return overall, and Drake clearly, like, got, like, even bigger during his Saturn return, but it is funny that it was, like, kind of a mixed bag for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's so crazy. When Once you said tw- that he was 28 when the music video was released, I instantly bought Saturn Return. So I'm really glad you have that here in the notes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, big Saturn Return for Drake, so. Yeah. This is so great. Actually, this is like so fun to talk about celebrities and, um, you know, their charts and their biggest hits, so... <laughs> yeah
1: i'm really happy i'm super excited to talk about like other um celebrities like in this upcoming season i thought this went really really well
0: yes i'm so excited um i hope that people listen and then like you know tag us and let us know what else you know about drake and what else you might um you know what other kind of like outlets you have on his chart because i'm like super curious now i'm wondering like about his other songs other albums like there's so many different ways to approach him and like his work so this was, yes. This was great. Huh? <laughs> yes
1: definitely like you know especially for those of you who like follow us on our social media like feel free to like chime in on just like your take on drake and if there's other things you've noticed like there's only like so much time you could go on and on and on about someone's natal chart but i yeah i'm also looking forward to what other people have to
0: say about drake and his yeah. astrology i'm going to now listen to him for like the rest of the day <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> All right should we do our shout outs? Yes let's do shout outs. Um, shout out to Drake. <laughs> Call Paola and book an astrology reading. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god shout out to all of the folks who have been and are currently working on prison abolition because mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for the local organizers here in Hawaii for example who put together that vigil on the same day that the coup happened.
0: Mm -hmm. oh it sounds like it was like such a great event i'm really glad i want to say shout out to the organizers in georgia um who (laughs) were able to elect two um democratic senators did i get that right i just want to make sure i got that right (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and i'm just like super thankful and i really fucking hate that the, the success of that victory was eclipsed by yet another white lash instance. Um, but yeah, like let's not forget like how amazing that was. I actually had a friend who went and um, sent updates to our group text. and he is a, a white man who drove all the way to Georgia, talked to all of these people and was able to um, talk to people who just didn't even know And um, I just, I'm just really happy. And I'm not saying like, let's praise white people for doing the minimum, right? Like, but I guess I'm just kind of like happy that um, I actually know someone who drove down. And so um, not just to him, but to all of the black female organizers. Um, Some amazing articles have come out about them. So I hope Uh that people continue to recognize how important that is and historic it is for Georgia and for the country. Yeah, I'm really glad
1: you mentioned that because, oh my God, I can't, I, I'm really sad that, yeah, the coup news did eclipse that because even I almost completely forgot about that. But yes, yeah, so it is really, really amazing. I have two coworkers who went, like along with like, um, you know, our union, like as we mentioned in previous episodes, did a lot of canvassing around the general election. And so mm. when this stuff, happened in Georgia like we like our union reached out to the black organizers in Atlanta checked in to see if like they could use reinforcements like on this and they were like yeah and so we all the people who did canvassing in like Nevada Arizona Mm -hmm. um Philadelphia all like ended up going to Georgia and like Mm -hmm. really just like knocking doors down there
0: wow yes thank you to all the organizers yeah it's just like so fucking amazing to see you know and then like you just know, like, you just know the work it takes, and then, um, you kind of see the fruits of your labor, which is, like, I don't know, it's so rare, it's so rare, because you're up against so much, so, yes, yeah, shout out, shout um, out. other shout out. I
1: think that's all I have, it was a rough week, but Dang. feeling good <laughs>
0: overall, feeling, feeling pretty good overall. Yeah, I agree, let's keep doing the work, Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Janice. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.